Utah is looking to add talent at the wide receiver position, and they've offered some elite players in the transfer portal. Plus, Jonah Ellis is off to the NFL. Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. Love interacting with all of you in the YouTube comments as well as on social media where you can follow our show at Locked On Utes. Today's episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. That's Locked On, all caps, no spaces. My name is J.G. Wister, so former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Excited to be joined by KSL Sports' Michelle Bodkin on today's show. And Michelle, with the departures of Devon Vele and even a Mikey Matthews to a lesser degree, wide receiver became a massive need for Utah. And the reason I say Matthews to a lesser degree is when you're like, okay, you have to replace Mikey Matthews' production. I'm like, okay, there's other guys on the roster. Utah can do that. When it becomes you have to replace Devon Vele, who has had more receiving, who's been Utah's top receiver, not the top pass catcher with the, the Dalton, what he did two years ago, but their top receiver for the last two years. That's a challenging task, and that is one to me that can only be accomplished through the transfer portal. Now, Utah also recognizes this, and they're going after some really good players. And I think the one that really jumps out to me is the most recent one they've offered in Silas Bolden, the Oregon State receiver, coming off a season in which he had over 50 catches, over 700 yards, and five touchdowns, and just an explosive and a special kind of playmaker that I think could do a number of things for Utah. And there's some other guys at the receiver spot we can talk about in a moment but i am just really excited that utah has identified a need and they're looking at other guys who have been the number one type of receivers on their team yeah i, I as you mentioned i think at the moment that's maybe like the most glaring thing that they need to go after they they took care of the tight end need with carson mm-hmm. ryan um through the transfer portal they should be in pretty good shape there they're probably going to also i think look at a couple more defensive backs um, at some point, but I don't know that that's necessarily like the quickest need that they need to deal with. It's, it really is wide receiver. Um, And, and to your point, you know, you're having to replace a guy like Devon Vele, Mikey Matthews. He didn't do a whole lot, but Emery Simmons is obviously moving on. Um, You know, so it's, I mean, you just, you have some people that you need to replace. And, and I think there's some, serious potential here to try and upgrade the situation um, from what it was last year. Even Um, you have some guys in the room that I really like uh, that I think have some serious potential, but why not bring in, you know, a few more guys that are kind of more of that caliber. And I think Silas Bolden certainly fits that bill. Um, Not entirely aware of who else they're maybe filling out, but like what I have been told is like they're aiming large and that they seem to be garnering some interest because cam rising's coming back and these wide receivers are very familiar with cam cam's ability um and, and what utah kind of has done and granted you know it, it was more with their tight ends um but i i think they can show that they have that potential to be able to do that with the wide receivers too but they need good players in that room in order to be able to facilitate that 
there's a lot of value to me in being the number one receiver on a team still, especially at the power four. Still feels weird not to say power five, but unfortunately that's what it is now. Um, but in Utah too, you've seen it. You they have receivers as we've kind of talked about, Bailey being the most recent guys, and we've already talked about the tight ends, their ability to produce as well. You've put up numbers. A number one receiver can come into this offense and put up numbers. And for all these guys who want to go to a place that will allow them to win, that's something Utah has obviously continued to do. Even though they ended this ended up being a down year, I did forget Utah was actually at one point they we're at as high as 10 in the rankings. Like that seems crazy based on yeah. how the season ended and how the wheels kind of fell off where just the injury bust that when it accumulated too many injuries, but like, that's how good this team still was at various points in the season. So guys can come play with this team. They can do that. And they can have a chance to lead a team in receiving yards, potentially bolster that NFL stock and go off to play at the next level, which all of these guys are of course looking to do. And I also like that you brought up the guys that Utah currently has, right? Cause you're, mm -hmm. when you're talking about a money parks, a Maneer McLean, and there's even some depth, other pieces that we could talk about. Those are all guys we like. And we, think could be good they could produce well for this utah right. offense and they've had moments where they have done that but we don't know like oh yeah these guys are gonna be these are like the dudes at receivers at utah like that is why you're still bringing in other receivers to try to be like that and uh you mentioned Bol um, big swings that's exactly what bolden is i mean he's yeah. got a usc offer as much as utah has tried to do better using their receivers it, that's where it gets interesting what yeah. utah can offer is the opportunity to be the number one versus usc is going to throw you in an offense that you know is going to put up a lot of points you're going to see a lot more targets there potentially even if you're the two or three maybe that's something to keep in mind some of the other guys that utah is looking at too you get elijah surratt from uh, james madison who had over a thousand yards this past year and he's moving on. Also, another guy that Utah offered is Javarius Johnson, an Auburn receiver who's made a few plays over the years. And, you know, even a guy like a Tayshawn Lo uh, Loins, excuse me, who was a four-star recruit going to Washington, didn't play there, entered the transfer portal. And he's got all the tools and intangibles to be successful for me. So I like that Utah is offering these different kind of players. You got a guy in, in Loins who's kind of got more of that length, basically. He's 6'1", 170. And you could see, just watching his high school stuff, why he was a four-star. You get some guys like a Johnson and also Bolden aren't the biggest, but man, they got speed. And then a guy like Surratt is 6'2", 207. So I like that Utah's looking at different style of guys. And all of those I listed, I think are capable of leading Utah receivers in receiving yards for next season. Totally, totally. Mm -hmm. and, and, and in combination with you brought up money, you brought up Munir. I, mm -hmm. I think those two guys could also potentially be, you know, yes. top receivers as well. Um, obviously different reasons why that hasn't happened yet. I think money's still kind of working on some consistency and Munir has dealt with some injuries that have kind yeah. of slowed him up. Um, this was maybe the first year he was kind of healthy and he didn't get a ton of targets, but that really feels to me as more of a result of just kind of what Utah was working with. I agree. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how things kind of work out with not only the guys in the room, but whoever they bring in. Again, having a guy like Cam back, having uh, we think maybe a guy like Brandon Rose available, uh, you know, and who know who knows what freshman Isaac Wilson brings to the table, yeah. at least in year one. Um, I, I know that they're excited about him and that they think he has a lot of potential, but there's always a learning curve when you jump up a level. Um, so it's it's kind of one of those things for me. I'm giving him the grace that he gets to learn. Um, and will be great in the future. And maybe he's, you know, he'll be great right now and can fill in when and if he's ever needed. Um, but I think the quarterback situation is looking better. And I think yes. that may, that makes a better appeal to the wide receivers. And then we haven't even mentioned yet, you know, Utah went ahead and got, or 
not went ahead. They had to get a new wide receiver coach, you know, after last season with Chad Bumpus moving on. Um, And they went and they got a good one. They got a guy that has a history of putting wide receivers in the NFL, uh, both at Colorado State and Wisconsin. Um, And then a guy that has experienced coaching one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and Devontae Adams with the, uh, uh, with the Packers while he was still there. So it's, you know, uh, this guy, uh, witted coach witted has, you know, a resume. Um, he has, uh, a resume that he can throw out there to back himself up. That's going to be appealing to guys that are maybe looking at Utah on top of having decent, my dog, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) (laughs) on top of, you know, having, uh, you know, some quarterbacks that could be interesting to work with as well. Well, it's been a while since we've had a dog cameo on Locked On Utes as well. So those are all, those are always welcome. So who who just jumped in? Nice. (laughs) See, hey. All the more the merrier on locked on you. So always, <laughs> always a good thing. And hey, that's the same thing with receivers, right? Utah's looking to add more receivers. It's going to be interesting to see if they're able to do so. And lots of potential positions too on this Utah roster that they do still need to look at in the transfer portal. Potentially one of those being defensive end now that Jonah Ellis left for the NFL. We're going to be talking about that in a little more detail in one moment. But first, want to talk to all of you about one of the sponsors of today's episode of Locked On Utes in our friends at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to not just sports, but also music events, comedy shows, and theater events near you. They have great last-minute deals, all-in-price views from your seats, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, and they have so many great deals, whether it's flash deals, zone deals. They also allow you to just see the view from your seat on the website, something that comes in completely clutch there. They also have their low price guarantee, even event cancellation protection, plus job loss protection. They have all-in price that shows you the total up front, so you will know you're getting a deal before you check out. And that game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets on the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So you can download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Drums apply again, create an account or redeem code L O C K E D O N for $20 off. And that's the L in locked on capitalized and the O capitalized as well. You can download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. All right, Michelle, coming back into this one. Jonah Ellis is off to the NFL. It was a move for a while that we thought was just off after the season. And I'm like, okay, it makes sense for Jonah to go to the NFL. He gets the injury. And then he didn't declare when all the other guys did. So you're kind of like, I don't know. Is there some chance he's going to stay? But he did finally and officially declare as he should have. Anytime you have the production and the type of season, Jonah Ellis was one of the top pass rushers in college football, finished towards the top in sacks and missed the last few games. So really might have had a chance, especially with that Colorado offensive line, yeah. could have really had a chance to be the guy in that category mark there. But such a tenacious pass rusher. Um, I, I think the best one that Utah's had since Bradley and I in terms of sack mm-hmm. production overall, too. So and I think the film supports that as well, with just all the different things he does very well. So we'll talk about the Utah angle and the depth and everything in a second. But so excited for Jonah. Absolutely think this is the right move for him. And I think he's ready to go make plays in the NFL. Yeah, the I, the one critique I got from NFL scouts is they thought he maybe could have come back another year and put on some weight, some strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like he got, you know, a good enough grade that it made sense for him to make that move, uh, regardless of that critique. So that's kind of where things are at. And 
I, I mean, I don't blame him. You had 12 sacks in one season. You're one off from Bradley and I, who had a 13 sack season in 2019. And uh, I, I just, I think you have the potential and you have, and on top of that, you have the pedigree. You ask anyone in the NFL, I ask my NFL scout buddies all the time, like, what do you think of Luther Ellis? Oh God, we love him. And his kid clearly, you know, has whatever that was. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of excitement around Jonah. Uh, they, they they really overall like Jonah. They like his game. They like what he brings to the table. And I think the ironic thing that needs to be brought up here, though, is that Jonah was going to be second uh, on the depth chart. He was he was behind uh, Connor O'Toole until right. he got hurt. And then, you know, right. he had to step up. And, and it was Connor that everybody was talking about. Mm-hmm. Connor's going to be the guy. Connor's right. going to do this. Connor's going to do that. Which said best pass rusher on the team. He absolutely said that. Um, you know, I, and he, an injury kept him out of, out of, you know, the lineup for a while. And it opened up the opportunity for Jonah to really show what he had. And it ended up being Jonah. The, that was the, the end all be all kind of guy um, at defensive end. So, you know, it's, I, I again, I, I don't, begrudge this decision at all by Jonah. I think it was probably overall a smart move for him. And I think Utah's going to be just fine because they still have Connor O'Toole there. They still have Van Fillinger there. Um, They have younger guys in like Chase Kennedy. You're right. They're probably maybe going to want to investigate bringing in another guy. Um, But I don't think you're going to have a hard time convincing a good defensive end or a defensive end with serious potential to come to Utah, uh, just because you can point to guys like Jonah Ellis, you can point to guys like Bradley and I, um, uh, Nate Orchard. I mean, you can just go clear, clear back through time. Utah has a history of putting those kinds of guys in the NFL. Yeah, even Tafua from a few years ago, yes. he was he had he was the guy who completed that D line with Lecky Fotu, John Penasini. Every time I turn on the Cardinals, by the way, I still see Lecky out there making a few plays for them oh, this no. year. So it's still oh, fun God. to see him hanging around there too. I don't know where Bradley's at now. I think he was on the Jets for a while. I I think he might have fallen off out of I, the. NFL, I think Bradley's but, um, done. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's on a roster. Mm-hmm. It is. It's so hard to stick. That's what makes it crazy. But, you know, Jonah has the tools and the traits to be able to do it. And, you know, we we're talking about transfers to me. Utah already made their move in the transfer portal for a defensive end when they brought in a John Henry Daly. And it worked out for Utah very well when they brought in a former BYU pass rusher last year with Logan Fano. And by the time the season begins, we expect him to be back and healthy. So, look, the starter should once again be a Van Fillinger, a Connor O'Toole. I mean, on third and long, I expect it to be a Connor O'Toole, Logan Fano. I think Fano's speed gives mm-hmm. him a little bit of an edge as a pass pass rusher over yeah. Van Fillinger, even though he's more than capable and in a few, a few times throughout the season did a good job getting after the quarterback too. But Connor is ready to be this team's top pass rusher. There was a reason that Coach Witt and everyone was so high on him coming into the year to your point and thought that he would be the guy when it comes to the sacks for Utah. And now this year will be the year that he can make that leap, we think. we are. And we said Logan got off to a great start. Mm-hmm. And even though it's another major injury, I still ex- – I mean, he came back from the last one strong. I expect him to do the same thing again. I think he's going to have a really good year. And, you know, keeping it on from there, you mentioned Chase Kennedy. That was a guy I think a lot of us listed as a potential breakout candidate. And we did not end up hearing much from him. And I think that this isn't good. And he's still at Utah. So that's where, like, guys like that all the time (laughs) will end up more often than not. They will end up leaving and being like, okay, I want to take a starting and there and move forward for those of you that are not well for those of you that are just listening michelle's dog was very excited that we're talking about pass rushers apparently yeah she's very into defensive ends yeah there we go (laughs) 
Um, but no, I, I think that Kennedy's another guy too. He must see a role here if he's willing to stay as well. And we already mentioned John Henry Daly. I this Utah team's always had good defensive linemen, and I don't think that's gonna change. So no. I, I agree. I just I really like this group that they have up front still, Michelle, even though Jonah's off. And that's without even mentioning how loaded the interior is. I can't that's might be the if you would have said one of like the positions that you're probably going to get a transfer from, I'd probably say it's got to be one of the D tackles, right? I mean, all these guys could start at several other schools, yeah. yet here they were able to keep all of them. And I literally think there are five defensive tackles who could be starters at several other power four programs that decide to stay as backups. You know, and I, I, I think, again, that just speaks to how, you, how well Utah's done a, a training up, mm-hmm. showcasing, and moving on people that play on the defensive line. Um, You know, there's just very few schools may, you know, maybe in the sec um, where, where it's better or, you know, so it's, I I think, and then you look at who's coaching you, you have an all time great in Luther Ellis and then a guy like coach Powell um, that are running the show uh, and, and neither one of them are slouches. So it's, I, I think there's just compelling reasons for why if you're a defensive lineman, if you're a defensive end, you know, despite some of the craziness that's going on with NIL and the ability to jump in the transfer portal and get more play time, uh, you may be like your odds staying at Utah. I think these guys must. And like you said, it's an opportunity to be a part of a special team and group that still has a chance to do big things in the Big 12 in 2024. So some curious to monitor. And uh, once again, going to be exciting to see where Jonah Ellis ends up in the NFL ranks. And we are on to 2024, of course, for Utah football, because they had, an, an, as much as we're trying to forget, Utah did play <laughs> one more game in 2023. It was that debacle of a bowl game. We'll ask Michelle about a few questions with that because she did cover it. So we are going to be discussing that here in a moment. But first, want to talk to you all about another sponsor on today's episode of Locked On Utes. It's our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bonus bet in your bonus bets win or lose. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. You can use things like same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. And it's the best way to find popular parlays too is the Parlay Pub. And there's so much more too. So you can visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. As for the NFL, lots of great games this weekend. Everything on the line last week of the regular season. That means the last opportunity to bet on your NFL team, unless they are in the postseason, of course. I'm a Vikings fan, so that this will be the final week for me to bet on my NFL team. Also, teams like the Raiders in action for the last time. Maybe there's a slim chance they can make the playoffs. It gets confusing. Do you think the Bills are going to make it in? So much fun to be had when it comes to NFL betting at FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, Michelle, talk about the bowl game. You were someone, you you were around the team, you covered them that week. There's been a lot of people who were obviously very frustrated by Utah's bowl performance. I think some people saying they phoned it in, all those sort of things like that. What sense did you get just how the team was feeling going into the game, being around them and covering them that week? Yeah, so, I mean, the lead-up was really fun to the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a case of this doesn't happen terribly, terribly often, but the media hotel was also Utah's hotel. Um, and so I, I would see those guys running around all day, every day, um, after practices, 
um, after bowl events. And I mean, everybody was in a really good mood and I think in a really good headspace. Had people, you know, stopping and saying hi and talking to me for a minute, um, you know, which I think is just always a good sign. It wasn't like, oh, like, Got a like media, media person. They're gonna well, try to it, get something yeah, out of me. First of all, the ew media person, but like I mean, even just the well, we're just like so wrapped up in you know the game, and we don't have time for mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I, you know, I think the spirits were really good, and I think the headspace was really good. I think the problem, however, was you know y- you're kind of reconstructing your team again. Um, on very short notice, you you get into a flow in the season, and granted, like Utah, like this year was a little bit different for them because it felt like they were always having to change or tweak something because of an injury. Uh, So maybe a little bit used to it, but uh, you know, the other part of it is I can also just see there being some fatigue with that whole situation. And um, you know, could they have phoned it in a little bit? Perhaps, Um, you know, I I've seen some gripes about why did we not see Brandon Rose? Um, And I think it's probably prudent to remind everybody that, you know, this was a guy that missed, basically missed the install uh, in fall camp. They they were starting to put that in place when he had his freak injury. So he was not there for any of that. And then the weeks that he had to sit and kind of recover and then Utah, you know, had to get him back into kind of game-ish shape again, because you're sitting and trying to recover from something and, um, you know, and, and the best way for them to do that was to put them on the scout team. Well, the scout team, it doesn't run Utah's playbook. Um, so he's still not learning Utah's playbook. He's learning everybody else's playbook essentially. Um, and I, you know, it's, I, he gets to a point where I think, you know, he's in an okay place to play, but still, you know, he doesn't necessarily know Utah's playbook. He maybe has like a week or two to to try and get that down and try and get the timing down with everyone. And then you look at the fact that, you know, the offensive line, they had the same five people playing, you know, pretty much all season. This particular game, you're plugging in two new people. And I think that really messes up a rhythm. And we all know the offensive line, it's important that you keep that continuity and that rhythm going. So do you really want to put out a guy that spent most of the year injured, um, doesn't have a great command of the playbook, not for bad reasons at all. I mean, like you can't help what you can't help um, and throw him out there behind a line that now is kind of in a place where they're learning because they're plugging in a couple of new people kind of last minute. I, I, you know, to me, that felt like a recipe to potentially get Brandon Rose hurt again. And I think Utah really, really wants to see what they have in him. Um, and so you can't, you can't do that if you potentially hurt him in a meaningless game, um, and and putting him in a bad situation. So I really think to me, that's what that was all about. And then I think on top of that too, like you can love him, you can hate him, you can be frustrated by him, but, uh, Bryson Barnes, you know, did a lot for this team. And, And I think, you know, I think this was also Utah trying to give, you know, a guy that really was constantly put in bad situations, his flowers and let him have one last ride and one last role, um, you know, as a starter for Utah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out, you know, how I think they wanted him to. Uh, I think, you know, unfortunately being in the transfer portal while also trying to still focus on, you know, what you need to do with the team. Um, 
you know, probably distracting. I, I think that showed uh, that that maybe, you know, not as much time and thought was maybe put into preparation um, because you are kind of being pulled in different places, no matter how good your intentions are. Um, but, you know, I think that's also kind of a product of what we have set up college football to be now. And I think really it's not it's not Bryson's fault. Um I think it I think it's uh we need to put better rules in place as to when transfer portals open and some of that kind of stuff uh in order to better accommodate and allow these teams to still be able to fill the team uh if they're bowl eligible. Yeah, a lot of people were saying like, you know, making the bowl game issue out to be a bigger thing than what it is. I'd much rather enjoy the regular season success Utah has and live with some of the bowl game losses as we've highlighted. It's uh yeah, a number of great points made by you there. Um, I think the thing with Bryson, as you said, it just wasn't realistic for Brandon to come back due to the injuries. And I guess, I mean, people were so mad at Bryson. They wanted Batari to stay in because he completed the longest pass of the game when it was a screen pass. That's literally like the attention yeah. of that is requires, does not require much skill on the quarterback's part in those plays. It's like, you know exactly what you're doing the ball. There's one read you're going to do with it. And that's all you're going to do. So I thought that was a little crazy too. The most important player to Utah's offense, the second half of the season was Devon Bailey. They had no one else like him. Even when Jaquinda would get hurt and miss games, it was like, okay, we have a Jalen Glover. Like we have other running backs who are capable of stepping in and contributing still when other guys are battling those injuries. Utah had no receiver that was able to replace what Devon Bailey did. You saw how much the offense missed him. Utah's two best offensive linemen this season was also Satawa Laumea, Keaton Bills, both of them out. Bryson's worst game before the bowl game was in last year's Rose Bowl. Why is that? Because he was constantly under duress by Penn State. And backup quarterbacks are backups for a reason. They're not to do great when they're under pressure. That's not Bryson's specialty either is being able to evade pressure and make throws under duress. So it was just a recipe for disaster for a number of reasons. And you even mentioned Bryson and the and the bowl game thing, just about the transfers and everything. That was something Booger McFarland on the halftime show even highlighted. Like during the game, he said like, hey, he's got all these things going on. You don't know if it was the same level of preparation as the other stuff, which I think is just a fair point to bring up in general too. So it was, it was quite the scene in the final game for Utah and – it's interesting to see now kind of all the changes in the and what happens for Utah when the season kicks up again in 2024. But we had a long way for that to happen. Still lots of transfer portal news to track and several other sports going on. Michelle, if people want to read more about those, where should they head over to? Yeah, so definitely check out kslsports.com. Click on the Utah Utes tab. That's where all of my stuff will be located. And I'm the primary one that writes most of that stuff. There's there's a couple of other people that help out from time to time, but uh, that's where the greatest bulk of my work can be found. And then, of course, you can find me on social media uh, on X at Bodkin KSL Sports. And it's the same uh, for uh, threads. And we did this Instagram. last time, too. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, what what is that other one called? I know. Like, never use. But I, I am there. Um, and then, of course, you can also look me up on Facebook as well. Michelle, thank you for joining us. No problem. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. We'll be back tomorrow talking about the Utah quarterback position, as I know a number of you have thoughts on that. We look forward to seeing you then.